Hello and welcome to Mosaic Life Church's podcast. We believe that everyone can find hope and healing in Christ. My name is Jack Gonzalez, the lead pastor here at Mosaic. and We hope that you enjoy today's message and you're blessed by it. At the end of the message, I'll share some contact information with you. If you do have any further questions, you can connect with us. Have a blessed day. You know, we've been in this message series, Know Him by Name. And in the midst of your situation, you need to know how to call on him. I won't forget about that. We were talking about El Shaddai. The Almighty, what's impossible for him. Powerful and proud of you guys. He is good. And if he can do it in them, he can do it in you. Amen. Well, today we continue on, and uh, we're actually getting into part 10 of our series. And let's take a moment to pray, and we'll, we'll get into it. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be in your house, to be in your presence, to hear these powerful, wonderful testimonies of your goodness and what you've done, to know that you're moving, to know that you're, you're not far away, but you're right here. I pray, Father, that you would bring your word alive to us, stir it in our hearts, plant it in us, God, and, and let it come to fruition. I pray that today you would bring conviction, you would bring challenge, you would bring encouragement, you would bring blessing, you would bring direction, do a wonderful thing, and I know, Father, you will accomplish all that you desire with your word, and I pray that signs and wonders would follow the preaching of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we all pray, amen. Well, this series wouldn't be complete if we didn't talk about the name that we are going to today. You see, there is a name that is universally recognized even if people don't believe in God. You know, I've gone to several different countries around the world and I talk to people about this name. There's some people that accept it and there's some people that reject it. There's some people that run to this name and there's some people that say, I want to have nothing to do with that name. You might have guessed it. It's the name of Jesus. You see, the Bible says in Philippians chapter 2 and in verse 10, it says, so that at the name of Jesus... Every knee will bow of those who are in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. In three locations, in all locations, they will eventually bow to the name of Jesus. You see, it's the name that's changed my life forever. It's a name that has changed billions of lives over 2,000 years. It is this powerful, beautiful, holy, precious name of Jesus. And what I need you to take away from this morning out of everything that I'm going to say is that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. No matter the circumstances, no matter how big the mountain, no matter how big the, the, the situation, how overwhelming, if you feel like you're drowning and you're up to your neck, there is power in the name of Jesus. But where did the name of Jesus begin? See, we understand that Jesus is God, so he's there before the creation of the world. And we see John 1.1 and all of that. But Jesus in the flesh, where did it begin? This morning, I want to take a look and just take a, 
I want to call it a glance at Luke 1 and Matthew 1. And we're only going to take a glance because in a couple of weeks, we're going to take both of those chapters and just dive into them separately as we prepare for the moment and the celebration for the birth of Christ. But today, I just want to take a glance. So in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33, this is what it says. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. The angel Gabriel shows up and speaks to this woman who is pledged to be married to the man Joseph. She says, you're going to become pregnant. The Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you. You're going to give birth to a son. And to this son, you are to call him Jesus. He will be son of the Most High. Son of the Most High is God. And so not only does Mary receive a visit from an angel, but so does Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 through 21, it says this. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to a man, to, married to Joseph. But before they came together, everybody understands come together? Okay. She was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So we have Mary and we have Joseph. An angel appears to each of them and says, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow Mary. She's going to be pregnant and the child is going to be son of the Most High. This child will save the people from their sins. Jesus. Can you say it with me? Jesus. You see, in the Greek, I wanted to give you the Greek because throughout the series I've been giving you the Greek or the Hebrew. But in the Greek, this is pronounced Iesus. How's your Greek? Let me try it. Iesus. Not bad. There you go, Greek scholars. Come on, somebody. Iesus. 
Jesus is the Greek form of Joshua. Essentially what it means is the Lord saves or Jehovah saves or Jehovah is salvation. So when you say the name Jesus, when you call on the name Jesus, you are literally calling on the attribute of God to save. One more time. Can we say it on the count of three? One, two, three. Jesus. We were late on that. One, two, three. Jesus. There we go. It's a name known all over the world by followers of Christ, even by religious people that are non-followers of Christ, who even name their babies Jesus. I'm not sure why you name your child Jesus. But do you understand religious people that don't really know the Lord Jesus? Do you understand that? Do you understand that people come like this and they'll, they'll do all of that, but they don't know the Lord Jesus? Do you understand? Do you understand there are so many people that checkmark the box, Christian, but don't really know Jesus? Do you understand that this is all about a relationship with him? You actually have to know him. You cannot know him by association. It can't be, well, my, 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 my mom knows Jesus, so we're good. She prays and everything. It does not work that way. Do you understand? There can be people in your household. There can be people in your sphere of influence that can be your best friends. Do you understand that there are people who do not have a genuine relationship with Jesus and are not going where you're going to go? Do you understand that it is not about a perfect church attendance? And always be here, please. I don't like preaching to the chairs, so please be here. Pandemic was rough. I was preaching to the camera. Come on, somebody. Wondering what you were doing on the other side. I bet you they're in their their PJs, pajamas, eating some Lucky Charms. I, I was having thoughts, okay? I didn't know where you were. But it's not about saying you've done all of those things. It's about your genuine relationship with Jesus. Everyone has to have it. Does that make sense? Every person individually needs to have a relationship with Jesus. You know, Jesus tells a story of... There's a few people that come up to Jesus, and Jesus says, well, I don't know you. And they say, well, Jesus, what do you mean you don't know me? I've been doing all of these things in your name. I did this in your name. I did that in my name. And Jesus is like, I don't even know you. Because there's a whole lot of people that can say they do stuff and be religious and not actually know him. So everyone in your household needs to know Jesus for themselves. Every person needs to know how to call on the name of Jesus. Every person needs to know what calling on the name of Jesus does. What does it do when you call on the name of Jesus? Today, that's what I really want to talk to you about. This is what the Lord impressed on my heart to share with you. So a few things that I want to share. The first thing, what does calling on the name of Jesus do? Calling on the name of Jesus saves you. 
It saves you. What do you mean save? From a car accident, a bad relationship, bad decision, health care, health scare, financial situation? I would say yes, call in the name of Jesus in all of those areas of your life. But the purpose of Jesus and why the Father sent the Son, Jesus, to come, why he was going to be come and, and live and be designed in the, in the womb of Mary, why he was going to come into that family, why? Simply because he came to save people from their sins. Does he come and does he want to bless you in all kinds of other areas? Absolutely. But do understand the first purpose was to save you from your sins. And I think sometimes people get it twisted when, when, they, when it comes to Jesus. Well, you know, I'll serve Jesus, and I was meant that I could just live the good old life. No, in this life, you're still going to go through stuff. Do you know when you're not going to go through stuff? In heaven. There's the promise of it being all good and you never going through anything. In heaven. But on this side of heaven, you're still going to go through stuff. Jesus' purpose was coming to save you from your sin. And the, and the Jewish people were all confused about that because they kept saying, when's the, when's the Christ coming? When's the Christ coming? When's the Christ coming? The Messiah, when is he coming? When is he coming? Because they wanted to be saved from their physical circumstances. But the purpose was Jesus was to save you from your sins, to set you free, to break the chains, the spiritual bondage of what's been holding you down. Some of you know this. You understand that this is so much more than a repeat after me prayer. Some of you understand this. That yes, there's the relationship. And then as a Christian, I can open doors to things. And I can get myself entangled with things. And I can wonder as a Christian, why can I not progress in life? Because there's something holding you down. And you need to be set free from it. And the only way to be set free from it is in the name of Jesus. He is the only one that can set free. Jesus. So what is salvation? It's when a person makes a choice to follow Jesus, to profess their faith in Jesus, to be willing to lay down your ways and follow Jesus, to be willing to say, you know what, Jesus, I'll give that up. I'll give it up. You know, so many people say, well, can I just do the repeat after me prayer? We're good, right? Me and you are good, and I still do all the things in my lifestyle. And he's like, no. Give it up. Let it go. Surrender it. Do you see what this costs Jesus? Do you see? Imagine the Father sending, I'm sending my son. It costs Jesus. Why would it not cost you something? It's true. Salvation is a free gift. True. Absolutely true. But to stay in your salvation. To walk this life up, you're going to have to make a choice. Give up those areas that have brought maybe comfort or peace or whatever satisfaction, whatever fulfilled it, and trust him. Trust his love. Trust his goodness. He is good and he's faithful. Be willing to lay it down and let it go. Say, God, I'll give it up. Your love is worth more to me than that is worth to me. 
Put them on a table in front of you. The love of God or that area. Can you let it go? You come to the place where you recognize that Jesus was your substitute. You believe in your heart that Jesus rose on the third day and now he sits at the right hand of the Father. You believe that there's more to this life than meets the eye. You believe that there is a heaven, not an eternal resting place. I don't like when people say that. Oh, they're gone to be in their eternal resting place. No, gone to be in the eternal living place. Do you understand? We're not living for this life. I'm living for the one to come. I'm trying to make good decisions now because I'm trying to be set up there. Come on, somebody. I want to get to my eternal living place. I want to get to, the, to get, get to heaven. I want to be over there. He says, look at all the good decisions. Look at the decisions you made here. Okay, you're going to be set up here. I, I, I want to be in that eternal living place. You need to believe that because Jesus saves you from your sin, that on judgment day and everyone will face judgment day, that you're going to heaven. That's salvation. That's your confident hope. That's you approaching the throne of grace with confidence. You see, in the book of Acts, there's a special moment that takes place in chapter 4. We have Peter and John who are in front of the Sanhedrin. This is the Jewish religious council. And they're there and they have to answer questions. Why? Because the day before... They were walking into the, the temple gates, and they came across this, this gate called the Beautiful Gate, and there was a homeless man sitting on the ground. And they came up to him, and he had his little cup out, and he's begging for money. The Bible describes this in the book of Acts chapter 3. And he had his little cup out, and he's doing this, and he's there, and he's begging, and he's on the ground. And Peter and John come up to them, and he asked them to look them in the eye, and they have this moment here. And they say to him, silver and gold I don't have, but what I give to you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, walk. He had been paralyzed his whole life. The man gets up. The Bible describes this moment. The man gets up, and it's this huge thing. So the next day, they're standing in the Jewish religious council in the Sanhedrin, and they have to explain their answers. Why is this man healed? How is he healed? How can this possibly have taken place? In whose name, in whose permission gave this? So Peter says these words in Acts chapter 4, verse 10b through 12. He says this, It is by the name of Jesus... Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is, and then he's quoting here Psalms 118 verse 22. The stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Right, we've been studying that in Wednesday night Bible study, the cornerstone understanding this precious stone that allows the bridge to take place so that you can walk over from one place to another, so that you can cross from death to life, so that you can walk from the anguish and the pain to the freedom and love and blessing of God. Jesus is that cornerstone. Verse 12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. No other name. 
There's no other name. There's no other way. You see, in John 14, 6, Jesus tells us, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, as a pastor, I get called to the difficult moments of coming to somebody's side before they're going to take their last breath. I get called into moments, into hospital rooms. I get called into to moments where the families are crying, the families are hugging and huddling together, and they're, and, they're, and, they're, and they're struggling to separate themselves. There was one particular moment I got called to go into a room, and this brother had about 24 to 36 hours, I think, left to live. And everybody was sure that that's what was going to happen. And the doctors proclaimed it. And it was about making him comfortable and getting him to that place and just, 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 just getting him there. And so in my conversation with him, he was very coherent. Crazy thing is, in the next few hours after I left, his coherency just dropped but he was very coherent. In fact, he had a Starbucks hand in his, in his hand, uh, and he was drinking Starbucks as we were having this conversation. And I walked into the room. I said, hello, my name is Pastor Jack. And he says, and he says, he says, hey, Pastor Jack, so you're, you're, you come from the Christian faith, right? You're, you're, you're a Christian pastor? And I said, yes, that's correct. I am. And he says, well, you know, I, um, I heard that you can just pick any religion. You just got to be good at it, be faithful to it, and you'll all end up in the same place. And I said, no, that's wrong. And, he's, and I said, do you believe in Jesus? And he says, I do. I, I do. I said, so you believe in Jesus? He says, I do. I said, do you know that Jesus didn't believe what you believe? And he says, well, what do you mean? I said, well, Jesus said in John 14, 6, that he is the truth, the life, and the way, that no one comes to the Father except through me. So how can you believe that all religions go into the same place and also tell me that you believe in Jesus, but I tell you that Jesus didn't believe what you believe? That would be a contradiction. And in that moment, it's like the Holy Spirit just gave him understanding. It was a powerful moment, a beautiful moment. It was a moment he came to confession in Christ, and the Lord saved him right before he would lose complete coherency, and he would go in the next few hours. But it was the name of Jesus that saved him right before he was about to meet his maker. See, what you need to understand is that there is no other way. That means the people, the sphere of influence, the friends, the people you know that are serving something other or some other religion, some other God, it means that they're not going where you're going. It means they are going somewhere, but it's not where you're going. And this is so important that you understand because one of the tactics of the devil is to try to get people to believe that all you have to do is pick a religion, be faithful to it because they all lead to the same place. And that's a lie. Listen, I put up this, I, I created this image and I wanted you to see this here. These are all the things that you're presented with and, and so many others. Took me a little bit of time to put all the, the, the words on there. But if you will follow Jesus sincerely, be faithful, be consistent, you will walk in the way of everlasting. 
And judgment day, when it comes for you, you'll go to heaven. The devil's tactic is to see you and try to get you to turn in another, in another direction. To try to distract your heart and your mind, to confuse you, to think, well, well, maybe that one sounds good, or maybe this one sounds good. No, lies from the enemy. Lies from the devil. There is only one way. And if you say you believe in Jesus, be sure that Jesus says there's only one way. Amen? There's only one way. And while we have breath, it's not too late to call on the name of Jesus and be saved. So we call on the name of Jesus to be saved. Secondly, we call on the name of Jesus. Calling on the name of Jesus protects you. What do you need protection from? You see, no matter what hits you in life or what you face or what you endure, you can call on the name of Jesus. But like I mentioned before, it's not that God promised you that you would never face issues in life. Again, that's in heaven. In heaven, you won't face any issues. In heaven, you won't have any drama. You won't have any sickness. You won't have any health problems. You won't have any financial situations. In heaven, you don't have that. But in this life, everything you can think of is going to try and come at you. Some of it's so unexpected. It's just that uppercut that just hit you. You were not thinking it was going to hit you. The good news, though, is that you have Jesus that can walk you by the hand because you best believe that in this relationship, in this connection, he will literally grab you by the hand and say, my child, let's go. Oh, you see some sharks, do you? Oh, you, oh, 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 you think there might be a better way? Trust me. Jesus will walk you through the deepest waters. Jesus will walk you through the toughest and darkest moments of life. But you have to grab onto his hand and stay faithful and stay consistent and walk with him. He will walk you through. He will see you through. And sometimes he might have to pick you up. He might have to hold you. But I tell you, there is nothing like being in the loving arms of Jesus. And he will carry you through. He will carry you through. He is faithful. And he is good. And he does take care of his children. In Psalms 145, verse 18, the Bible says, The Lord is near. To all who call on him. Do you see the proximity? He is near to all who call on him. To all who call on him in truth. In Psalms 120 verse 1. In my distress, I called on the Lord and he answered me. In the middle of my situation, in the middle of everything I was feeling, I called on him in that place and he answered me. In Psalm 50, verse 15, and call upon me in the day of trouble, in the midst of everything that you're going, in the day of trouble, he says, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Don't forget about that part. Some people, God saves and sets free and does the miracle, and they forget the glorifying him part. Give them the glory. Declare his goodness. Tell people, shout it from the rooftops of what he's done in your life. In Psalms 91, verse 15, 
He will call on me, and I will answer him, and I will be with him in trouble. He says that he will be with you in trouble. In the midst of everything that you might be going through, he says he'll show up in your situation. He'll show up in what you're going through, but you have to call on him. He says, I will deliver him and honor him. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 3, but the Lord is faithful. And he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one who does not take days off on trying to take you out. On trying to get you everywhere but Jesus. But call on him. In Psalm 32 verse 7, you are my hiding place. You keep me from trouble. You surround me with songs of deliverance. Would he be your hiding place? Some translations use the word shouts of victory, shouts of deliverance. He surrounds you with that, reminding you that he is with you and that he's got you. In Psalms 34, 7, the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Call on the name of the Lord and let him show up in your place. You got to call on his name. You have to call on it in truth. You have to believe. You have to believe. Call on the name of Jesus and be saved. Call on the name of Jesus in trouble and to protect you. And lastly, calling on the name of Jesus shows your permission and authority. Shows your permission and authority. Now, this is so important that every believer understand this. Every believer must understand this. You know, sometimes I'll hear my kids talking amongst each other, and one of them will go into the freezer and grab some ice cream. And right after that, it almost never fails. Who said you could have that? All the time. Who said you can have that? Essentially, what they're asking is, who gave you permission? Who said that you can have that? Have we had dinner yet? Are you having that a little too early? Who gave you permission? You see, permission is a really big thing. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a really big thing. You know, sometimes during the week, I'll, I'll, I'll be here in the office. I'll come in. I'll step here into the sanctuary, and I'll, and I'll run into somebody here, and I'll say, hey, so, you know, what's going on here? And they'll say, well, Sister Carol said I could be here. I said, I guess Sister Carol runs things around here, huh? <laughs> Sister Carol is our church secretary. Jesus gave us permission. I want you to understand that. Who gave us permission to stand up to the devil? Who gave us permission to stand firm, to not back down? Who gave us permission? To stand up to the demonic spirits, to the darkness, to the spiritual realms. Who gave us the permission to stand up to our mountain? Who gave us permission to keep our eyes focused and not bow down to the things in this life? Who gave us permission? Jesus gave us permission. You are a son and child of the Most High God. And if you are a genuine disciple of Jesus, you have permission. You have permission from on high 
to be bold in your faith. You have permission to stand against the attacks of the enemy. You have permission to declare blessing. You have permission to rebuke Satan and his demons. You have permission in the name of the Lord God Almighty. We have permission in the name of Jesus. Do you know Jesus repeatedly, he teaches his disciples to ask in his name. In John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, he says, I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I'll do it. You see, over and over, Jesus teaches his disciples to use his name. So when you ask, use his name. When you pray, use his name. When you bless, use his name. When you rebuke, use his name. His name is powerful. His name is holy. I told you at the beginning, if you take anything away, understand that there is power in the name of Jesus. You see, two, 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 uh, two uh, chapters later in John chapter 16, Jesus is telling them again, use my name, use my name, use my name. Who gave you permission, Jesus? Why are you not who you used to be, Jesus? Why are you looking all free and set free around this place, Jesus? Why has God blessed you, Jesus? Call on his name. There was a time where Jesus had, you know, he has his 12 disciples, but then the following of Jesus was growing more and more. And so he, he gathers 72 people. And he says, okay, I'm going to send out 72 disciples to go out and you're going to go out and you're going to do all kinds of things i'm giving you my permission jesus says this isn't peter james and john this isn't the apostle paul it's these disciples who are truly following jesus and he gives them permission and he sends them out when the 72 return this is what they say in luke chapter 10 verse 17 they say with joy Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Do you understand? Demonic spirits, evil spirits, impure spirits have to submit to you in the name of Jesus. At the name of Jesus, they have to bow down. They have to go. They have to leave that place. They have to leave that temple. At the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. The key here is disciple of Christ. You see, Jesus tells them two verses later. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power. How much power? All the power of the enemy. He has given you authority. The true followers of Jesus. He has given you all authority to overcome all the power of the enemy. See, Jesus isn't just referring to snakes and scorpions. He's referring to the principalities of darkness. 
He's referring to these things that, yes, you have opened a door, but it's grabbed you and you're stuck and you've been hindered and you can't move forward. Those chains can break in Jesus' name. There is freedom in Jesus' name. There is power in Jesus' name for the sick to be healed. For those who have had strongholds and demon possession to be set free, there is power. There is power for that person to come to salvation, to come to the loving feet of Jesus. There is power. He can do it. He can do it. He can do it. Jesus is talking about the principalities of darkness, the attacks of the enemy. See, again, what gives you the right to stand up to the devil if you're bold enough? Any bold people here this morning? If you're bold enough, what gives you the right to stand up to the devil? Jesus does. In the name of Jesus. But you got to know Jesus. You can't just use his name and not know him. The Bible gives us another example where, where, where these people, they try and go and cast out some demons out of some people. And, and it turns around and the demon, they start beating through the people, start beating up the, the guys. Why? They go, listen, we know Jesus. The demons speak through the people. We know Paul, but who are you? We don't know you. Why? Because they didn't know Jesus. It does not work if you don't actually know him. This isn't about you being religious. Well, I know Jesus. Do you really know him? If you really know him, if you really call yourself a disciple of Christ, and you've come to that place, I'm willing. Like, listen, if I'm going to put it on a scale, I, my love for Jesus or this thing, I'll, I'll give that up. I didn't say it was going to be easy. But it is that simple. A true disciple of Christ. You can use the name of Jesus, and demons will flee. They'll flee. There's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. Treat his name as holy. Would you stand with me? Treat his name as holy. And please, please, when it comes to the name of, when it comes to the name of God, don't, none of that Oh my God. Don't do that. Or I can't believe this. Jesus, I can't believe this just happened. Don't, don't, don't say that. If that's been part of your natural vocabulary, something you've been a rhythm of what you've just said, don't, don't speak that way anymore. Treat the name as pure and holy. There's power in his name. So here's my challenge for you, and we're just going to take a moment here to worship Boldly declare that you follow the name of Jesus in your home and in all your gathering spaces. So first begin in your home. Go into your home. Go into your residence and declare in the name of Jesus, anything of the enemy must go. Declare it. In the name of Jesus, Satan, you got to go. Every demonic spirit, every attachment of everything, you got to go. Why? Because Jesus says so. Boldly declare it. Be confident. And do this in every space that is available to you.
Do it in your workplaces. Do it in your schools. Do it in your environments. Do it with your family. Do, do it. Do it. Boldly declare that because of Jesus, you have this authority. Would you pray with me, Heavenly Father, in the mighty and precious name of Jesus? And by the power of the Holy Spirit, I thank you for all that you're doing and what you're doing in this house, in each individual, in our church together. Father, thank you, Holy Spirit. Continue to go and continue to release and continue to unveil and continue to teach. And can give us moments to encounter you and set us free and transform us and change us and work in us and, and bless us and strengthen us and help us to keep our eyes on you. But let us understand that there is power in your name. So we call on you. From El Shaddai to the name of Jesus to Holy Spirit, we call on you. Father, would you just begin to do every one of those miracles? Would you begin to do those in the name of Jesus? Why? Whose authority do we have to, to declare miracles? Who's declare, who's, whose authority do we have to cast out a demon? In the name of Jesus? Who, 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 whose authority do we have to, to declare that a financial situation can be turned around, that a health, health report can be turned around? The name of Jesus. So, Father, I pray, God, that you would continue to raise us up, continue to help us to be bold, to say the name of Jesus with confidence, because there's power in your name. And in that same way, build intimacy in our relationship with you. Let this be a season of us getting to know you in a deeper level more than ever before. Take us deeper into the relationship. Make us tighter, closer, more unified with you. Father, bless your house. Bless this worship we give you in Jesus' name. Is there anybody here today to say the truth is you haven't been living right with the Lord, but you're willing to surrender or give up whatever it is that you need to give up because if God can really forgive you for all the stuff you've done, really, really forgive you, then you want to be forgiven. If he can do it, then you want it. You want to serve him. You want to surrender him. And it doesn't mean you got it all worked out. It means you know that real love is in the building, and you want that for you. If, there's, if that's you, would you quickly just put your hand up and then down? Anybody? Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Thank you. I see your hand. Proud of you. Father, forgive us. Forgive us, Lord, for our mistakes. Forgive us for the time that we've lived separate from you. We want to be made right with you. We recognize that, Jesus, you died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. In fact, you were our substitute. You died the death we deserved. But we want to be right with you. We want to walk this thing out. And we're willing to give up whatever lifestyle or thing that we've been doing or whatever it is. We're willing to give it up to follow you. So, Jesus, we choose you. Forgive us. And on judgment day, may we go to heaven, an eternal living place with you. Help us to walk in you. Help us to live for you. So today, we profess our faith and we declare that, Jesus Christ, you are the Lord of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Hey, Pastor Jack here. I hope you enjoyed today's message and were blessed by it. If you did have any questions or prayer requests or wanted to connect with us further, I did want to share with you our email address. You can certainly find more information about us at mosaiconline.org. If it's in Spanish, mosaiconline.org slash ES. Um, but you can also email us here. You can email us at helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. That's helpdesk, H-E-L-P, D-E-S-K, helpdesk at mosaiconline.org. And you can send your message to us right there. We'd love to connect with you. That messages will get forwarded over to me and our team, our pastors, our staff, and we would love to help you and pray with you and come alongside you. God bless you.